Hey, welcome to another episode of the Woodstock Whispers podcast. I am George Zach, and in this podcast, if you've been tuned in or if you're just coming on board, we talk about some of the oral history of Camp Woodstock, what has changed over the years and what has stayed the same. Tonight, I am joined by our current director, Anthony Gronsky, our former director, Mike Sherman, and also joining us tonight is, and I'm going to screw it up because she made me think of a pasta in her own description before this, Lauren Bertolini. Uh, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about something that's actually been a part of the history of Woodstock for, for many years as we lead up to the 100th, uh, and it's capital campaign. So first, I'm going to turn over to you, Mike. If Maybe if you can tell us a little bit about what what's going on with this capital campaign that is leading us up to the the 100th birthday of Camp Woodstock. I will do that. I think uh, everybody out there knows that in a couple of years, 2022, we'll be having our 100th celebration at camp. But some of you may not know that in 21, this year, we are doing a capital campaign um, to raise funds for the bones of the camp, which are necessary for the heart of the camp. And that's this spirit, Woodstock spirit, that we're all so familiar with. So I want to give you a little bit of history about the importance of uh, capital campaigns uh, over the years at Camp Woodstock. So I'm going to take you back to 1938. And I think most of you know where I'm going with this. That was the year of the Great Hurricane, where the camp was all but destroyed. Uh, the only building that was untouched was the Skipper's Post which had been put there temporarily, um, set on a big rock, um, because Pop Tinas at the time, in 1925, didn't know what to do with it. It survived the hurricane. They decided to leave it there. So in 1938, the hurricane destroys the pine forest. It destroys most of the camp. And there was a meeting, very important meeting. Many of you have heard of this. Um, whether to go on or not was the big question at a meeting of the trustees, there were nine of them. Every one of them said, it's impossible to go on. There's no money, there's no camp, on and on. And the last one to speak was Pop. And Pop said famously, we are asking the wrong question. It is not whether to go on or not, but only how. That how for Pop was a capital campaign. And he raised enough money to not only rebuild the camp, but to also build what he wanted more than anything, and that was a recreation lodge, which we now call Pop Lodge, and some of you listening uh, may know it as the Program Lodge. That's there because of a capital campaign. <clears throat> the cabins that we have there, in large part, are here for a capital campaign. Roskin Lodge, the dining hall, the boathouse, on and on I could go. No camp, no camp can create enough revenue off of operations to maintain facilities or to build facilities like that. Capital campaigns are required to keep them going and to build them when necessary. You know, we, we, we've only had three dining halls at Camp Woodstock since the very beginning in 1922, and the first one was a tent. <laughs> I don't think any of us want to go back to that. So through the years, we have had capital campaigns of raising money to do some wonderful things of camp, uh, not the least of which, which the last one I'm going to mention, and that occurred in 1970 when the camp director at that time, Fred Worth, 
and the camp board decided it was absolutely crucial to purchase land across the lake. They did that. They raised most of the money. They had to pay, they had to take a loan out, House Pop did, to finish off everything. But the capital campaign provided most of the money so that when all of us walked down on the road to the boathouse, we look at the lake, we look across, and we see trees instead of cabins and developments. We do see one cabin, which uh, we, uh, we couldn't get, but we, Fred Worth bought all that land to the left and to the right, the Worth panorama, we call it, based upon a capital campaign. These campaigns are essential for our existence, and we have a responsibility of stewards of this camp for the present and the future. And a lot of the projects that Tony's going to be talking about have to do as much with the future as they do the present. But I just wanted to impress upon all of you the importance of this capital campaign in preserving what we do at Camp Woodstock. We don't do it in a vacuum. We do it in a place, a beautiful place. And we're going to preserve that place. We're not going to, every facility we do is going to match the rustic nature of the camp. We're not going to go hog wild and create a Disney world. We're going to create a newer and better Camp Woodstock. Okay, George, that's my good intro. There you go. I think he's queued that up over to you, Tony. So we've heard about some of the history of campaigns and, and what some of the historical campaigns brought to Woodstock. I, I had not heard it called the Worth Panorama before, but I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that title. I always learn something in these in these conversations with you, Mike. Tony, what are some of the projects that are being considered uh, for this for this particular campaign leading up to the 100th? What are some of the outcomes that uh, people would see from it? Yeah, well, um, you know, I think it's just important that people understand that we know what we're not. Um, so we're not, you know, Walt Disney or, you know, some really fancy, uh, all, you know, um, private camp. We know the Woodstock spirit is what's the important thing. So what we're really trying to do is do a lot of enhancements, but we're going to ensure that the rustic, you know, shake siding and pine paneled interiors, you know, we keep that woodsy appearance that every Woodstocker expects. You know, when you come into a cabin, you could smell the pine. And and we want to continue that. We just want to make some enhancements. And, you know, the first one kind of goes back to the Worth Panorama. It's basically site preservation. Uh, this is so necessary for our future. Um, presently, camp, you know, when kids come to camp, they just think camp has, you know, unlimited acres and, you know, all of these cabins. Well, we have 93 acres and 42 buildings uh, on camp. Um, and what we want to do is make sure that we preserve this beautiful lake, the beautiful environment all around camp. So, you know, we want to buy land that comes available around camp that helps provide that buffer around this magic place um, that we all love so much. We want to acquire any adjacent property to ensure future generations, when they turn down Camp Road, they just feel like, you know, when you get those butterflies in your stomach, they're looking at all the pine trees on the left and the stone walls that, you know, future generations aren't looking at housing developments and feeling like they're just going to a, a neighborhood. So 
Site preservation is one. The second one is the dining hall and chapel area. We want to create an outside dining patio, an, out an outside program area that will also provide cover for outdoor meals, uh, program activities for units, um, evening games, outdoor cooking. Um, you know, camp is a busy place, and we all get under that roof uh, you know, 300 campers and 100 staff. And uh, sometimes it's nice to just get away, space out, um, you know, your cabin from other cabins and just eat under a pavilion or eat outside on a, on a, on a stone deck. Um, so you still get that sense of the environment around you. Uh, and then chapel, as you know, George, and every LIT that's ever come to Camp Woodstock knows, it's a long-standing, well, sitting LIT tradition is that you sit on the gravel at chapel because we just don't have enough benches and enough space for everyone at, at chapel. So we want to open chapel up, make sure we get enough seating for everyone, uh, make sure we have everyone feel welcome at camp. And I know the LITs feel it's this rite of passage, but really everybody should have a seat at chapel. You know, everyone gets dressed up. It's just a special kind of spiritual um, walk as you go down chapel trail. Everybody's mindset kind of changes. Everyone gets calmer. And then the LIT sit on the ground. So we want to change that. We want to do a little water runoff management there, uh, make sure that the trail doesn't flood, do some tree management so you can get a good view of the lake and the the sun uh, as it rises up there. Uh, so dining hall and chapel area is uh, one area we want to do. The waterfront project, which we raised enough money and we completed this summer, uh, that gave us a whole new deck, uh, an expansion of the boathouse. Um, and that was all done through uh, generous gifts. We raised uh, $210,000 that was part of the capital project. And we were able to do that with this beautiful um, expansion off the boathouse overlooking the lake. Everyone wants to be by the water and now we can do it even in the rain. Another project is a cabin enhancements. As I mentioned, you know, the interior of the cabins are gonna stay pine. When you walk in, it's gonna smell like pine. But what we wanna do is provide enough space in there where we are limiting it to 10 campers. Some of you may remember you had 14 campers in a cabin. And well, we really wanna limit it to 10 campers. We wanna make sure that everyone has enough space in there, has cubbies for storage, coat hooks to store their rain jackets or sweatshirts, um, and just give people a sense of this is their second home. So let's give them enough space to get comfortable here. It's also going to help out the counselors when, hey, go look in your cubby instead of looking all over and underneath the cabins for that shoe or that piece of clothing that that camper has lost, you know, during cabin cleanup. Um, and then the program areas, we're looking to build some pavilions to provide uh, rain and, you know, uh, shade for all the program areas around camp, you know, over in the pines, um, up at upper camp, 
um, just pavilions to provide expanded programs during rainy day activities and then on the hot days too where people could just find reprieve from the sun. And then the last one, as Mike mentioned, uh, Pops Lodge or the Program Lodge. This is really, you know, it, if if the heart of camp is the waterfront, Pops Lodge is the soul. And we just need to do some work on the soul of camp. Um, we just need to do some upgrades in there, some renovations. You know, it really hasn't been touched since 1938. And we want to get in there and make sure the bones are all set, the new windows, um, you know, new insulation, new air ventilation system, and just give it a refresh look um, and have everybody who comes into camp. That's where we do our, you know, our invitation campfires when it rains. So it's really, like I said, the soul of camp and that, that needs some attention. That's that's great, Tony. Thanks for covering those projects. Um, so, Lauren, I'm, I want to turn to you because I think you're going to give us some details as to um, how the campaign's actually working. But I think while probably most of the folks either know Mike or, or, or Tony or they at least know who the executive director is, maybe if you can introduce yourself and when you were at Woodstock and, and, and what your role is in the campaign to start. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know me, I am uh, Lauren Bertolini, and I was at camp from around 2000 to 2009. Uh, I was CIT director in my last year. I did trips one summer uh, and just got to spend a few weekends at camp, which was a, a sad way to live. Um, and I'm part of the campaign as co-chair alongside Mike, which means we are working hard to try to organize and get everything in shape for when we kick the campaign off. Um, when you're listening to this, uh, the campaign will be live. Uh, right now we're targeting for February and there's a ton of people who've made this possible. So Mike and I are co-chairing, but we have um, folks who are helping us with major gifts, um, you know, reaching out to alumni. We have a ton of uh, decade captains. So we've found alumni from each decade dating back to the 60s to help us um, reach as many people as possible and let them know that the campaign's going on, how they can contribute. And also that the 100th uh, anniversary of camp is happening uh, just next summer. So um, the big fun update here is that we are already 40% of the way to our goal. So we're hoping as part of this campaign to raise uh, $1.25 million, which seems like a big number for all of us. But uh, at recording here in January, we're already at $520,000 pledged. Um, so, you know, it's a long road ahead, but we're really excited to be able to get there. So talk a little bit, uh, uh, you know, for the people that are listening, how would they get information on the campaign? Um, you mentioned this decade captain thing. How would they get connected on that? Maybe give some of those, those details uh, as to where they can get some additional information. Yeah, for sure. So um, the easiest way for people listening, and I think this will be in the show notes, is you can text CW Capital to 243-725. And um, that will send you right to the donation page if you want to give right now. 
Um, otherwise, you can go to the Camp Woodstock website, which is campwoodstock.org, and in the menu, head to the alumni section, and there you'll find more information about the 100th weekend celebration and also about how to donate to the capital campaign um, in that menu. Um, and then if you want to be involved as a decade captain, um, my email, you can also put that in the show notes and they can reach out to me directly um, or Tony or Mike, if you um, want to reach out to one of your favorite executive directors and we can connect you with whoever from your decade um, is in charge. And if you want to help us fundraise, you want updates on the campaign, um, you know, we'll make that happen for you. Okay, that, that that's all that's all great information. So, this this hundredth thing, I, this, you know, obviously we're this is it's not coincidental that we're doing this campaign um, to really set the first step for the next hundred years of Woodstock. Right? There's been a, a great first century. Um, when is this hundredth going to happen? And I, I imagine if you go to the same Camp Woodstock website, you're going to find some information about that. But how do people get a, a bit more information as to what's going on? Uh, with the hundredth other than listening to this podcast. What else do you know about that, Lauren? Yeah, so we actually just set our date. So June 18th and 19th, that weekend of 2022, um, will be the 100th celebration. It'll be at camp, and we're going to have more information to come over the next few months. And um, on the website, you'll find a way you can fill the form. So there's a Google form you can fill out that um, you can sign up uh, for the monthly Camp Woodstock newsletter, which is the Black Pond Post, or you can just sign up to here and volunteer to help plan the weekend. So, um, yeah, go to the Camp Woodstock website, find the 100 section, and you can fill out the form right there and you'll get the latest updates. But you should all put the weekend of June 18th, 2022 on your calendar. So I, for all of you that have been to Woodstock and you are interested in, in the 100th, and, you know, I really hope you all can make it, but even if you can't, I would strongly suggest that you get onto the Woodstock webpage and, and, and sign up and at least express interest in it uh, because you'll at least get some fun out of reconnecting with fellow campers and staffers and LITs and, and people from Woodstock um, over over the years uh, by way of all the efforts that are occurring with that. I know there's, and we're, we're going to cover all, all sorts of stuff related to the 100th as we lead up to it uh, on this podcast, but there's there's photographs that are being you know, brought up. There's uh, some embarrassing and some some great historical ones. Uh, there's this obviously there's this oral history. There's a book being written. So uh, it, it's even if you can't make it to physically to the hundredth, I'd strongly suggest that you jump on and uh, subscribe so that you can get more information and 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 help us at least uh, prepare. You'll it'll warm your heart just talking to other Woodstockers. And I know like even talking to people that have been that I never even I wasn't at camp the same days that they were. Uh, it's just always a joy to talk to fellow Woodstockers because of that that commonality and spirit. Okay, anything else on the campaign or uh, leading up to the hundredth? Uh, Lauren, Tony, Mike, Mike, anything else you guys want to share? Yeah, I would just say as someone who hasn't been super involved in camp, I've kept in touch with Tony and Mike over the years, but you know, I haven't been involved in annual campaigns in the past. I, I didn't make it to the 95th reunion. It's so easy to get back involved. So even if you haven't reached out in years, now is a great time to do that. And there's so many things that we can use volunteers for. So I would just say, you know, shoot me an email, Tony, Mike, 
um, anyone else. And, you know, we'd love to have you as part of either the 100th weekend or the capital campaign and just to reconnect. Excellent. Thank you, Tony, Mike, any closing words, Tony? Yeah. Uh, George, I would just like to remind all of our listeners that, um, like Lawrence said, you know, you're a Woodstocker and your story is our history. And it's just important that everybody's, um, you know, story gets heard and shared so it could be part of our history here at Camp Woodstock because everybody's been such a big part of it. It's It would just be a shame if your story wasn't heard. And, uh, you know, just like Lauren said, you might not have been camp at the last 30 years, 40 years, whatever. It's you're going to be welcome back to the Woodstock family. Um, and once again, just being able to share your stories with other Woodstockers and seeing how much you have in common um, with Woodstockers of today is going to be a lot of fun. And Mike, any last words before we close? Well, I'll just sort of reiterate what has already been said. Uh, and one way you can really help us with those memories, um, I'm working on a history and I'm also working on a memory book, a centennial memory book for the 100. And there's going to be a couple pages in there of quotes from various Woodstockers. I actually have quotes uh, from 1922 to present. Not all of them, of course, are live quotes in the sense of the person being alive has given them to me. But we're going to cover the whole thing. I've got some written quotes from people, and I'm collecting through email uh, a lot of them all of different decades. They are sending me memories of the dance, of getting ready for the dance, of the campfire, of Aquitamog. Aquitamog was beloved. I've got a lot of Aquitamog information. So um, anything, if you have any memories like that you would like to share uh, from the memory book, a little three, four, yeah, long paragraph sort of thing. Um, you can get in touch with the camp and they can get it to me, but uh, if you've got a pencil handy, it's M as in Mike, W as in Wayne, Sherman, 1974 at yahoo.com. But you can get that to the camp too, uh, one way or another. And it's uh, been really fun to connect with people. I just can't emphasize how much fun that has been. Awesome. Well, I'll, all of those links to the um, the camp the camp website, as well as the text information that Lauren gave, Mike's email address, we'll include all of that in the show notes so that you can you can click on that and get to that and follow up on that from a resource perspective. Really hope that all of you that are listening are able to help out with this capital campaign, and also really hope that you can uh, make it to the hundredth as we run up to that in 2022. Again, you've been listening to the Woodstock Whispers podcast. And if you have ideas of stories that you want to share as a part of the oral history uh, for as we lead up to that hundredth, uh, please get in touch with us. We'd, we'd love to have you on. Thanks again and talk to you soon.